Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, folks, I am super excited to tell you a bit about today's new sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, MMC hosts different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Bill Frizzell, Kurt Rosenwinkel, Julian Lodge, Mark Rabot, Wayne Krantz, O'Teal Burbridge, the Milk Carton Kids, and so many more. At an event like Alternative Guitar Summit Camp happening this August, you can expect in-depth workshops with guitar masters, once-in-a-lifetime performances, the opportunity to play alongside your favorite musicians, and a lot of fun. You'll leave this event packed full of wisdom and with a whole community of musicians to create with. This all-inclusive week in the Catskills Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available. Spots are extremely limited. So visit www.alternativeguitarsummitcamp.com moods to learn more. Moods and Modes is presented by Osiris Media and made possible thanks to our Patreon community. To support the podcast directly, go to patreon.com slash Alex Skolnick. From Brooklyn, New York, this is Moods and Modes. I'm your host, Alex Skolnick. I'm probably best known as a professional guitarist. I'm also a writer, a photographer, and someone who occasionally gets told to keep his opinions to himself on Twitter. This podcast will involve music and guitar, but it may take us to some unexpected places as well. So, thank you for joining me, and let's do this. Uh, Rodrigo and Gabrielle. Rodrigo. The Rodrigo and Gabrielle, yeah. Um, 
I'm in Mexico. We're at a restaurant. And we are in Siwatanejo. In Siwatanejo. We're on the, uh, we're on the water. Yeah. There are crashing waves in the yeah. background. That's right, yeah. And we are recording a second album at home. And, and this is your home studio. This is our home studio. And you just played on it. I just played on you're it today. Guessing, you you definitely recorded what I call a classic song. Yeah, muchos gracias. Bienvenido a mi podcast, Estados de Animo y Modos. In other words, welcome to my podcast, Moods and Modes. What you've just heard is probably self-explanatory. That is me with the great guitar duo Rodrigo y Gabriela. We are in Mexico, and I've just finished recording a guest track for their album called 1111. Now, obviously, the number 11 has special meaning and significance to them, and this is episode 11, and I swear to you that was not planned. I realized that as I was putting the episode together. It should have been planned. I should have thought of it. That would have made perfect sense, but it was totally coincidental, and there often seem to be very cool coincidences involving Rodrigo y Gabriela. In fact, I'd love to be able to say to you, it's been exactly 11 years since we did that interview, but it's been a little longer, more like 11 and a half years. It would have been exactly 11 years had I gotten them on an earlier episode, but that wouldn't have been episode 11, would it? Now, when I think about Rodrigo Gabriela, there's so much to tell. We had met about a year before this. I'll tell that story a little later. But first, uh, the reason why I have this recording of us in conversation is that the whole experience of finding myself in Mexico as a guest of Rodrigo y Gabriela, playing on their album, hanging out in this beautiful seaside restaurant, it just seemed too good not to document. I had already been thinking about starting a podcast. I talked about this extensively in episode one. There were many false starts. And this was the first conversation I had that I, I hung on to for years. I'm so glad I still have it. And not only that, but we have a new conversation as well. The new one is more of them interviewing me. And this is part of a series that they did for uh, their Patreon members. Yes, they have a Patreon now. I have a Patreon now. We all have a Patreon. It's a sign of the times. I, I was really happy to do it. And there's so much cool content between both of these conversations. Uh, famous last words, but I'm going to try not to talk as much during this episode, just because there's so much existing content. Of course, I may jump in from time to time, and there's a few musical pieces that you're going to want to hear. But for now, let's get back to Zihuatanejo, Mexico, my conversation in 2009 with Rodrigo y Gabriela. I love hanging out with you guys for many reasons, but you have a great taste in wine. <laughs> wine and tequila tasting. Tequila. Are we going tequila tasting? Te tequila tasting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're going to go yeah. tequila tasting after this. It's, it's really fun. Um, so I'm, I'm, the big question, so you went from the metal band yeah. to what you're doing now. Yeah. Like, did it happen yeah. like that? Or, like how, how does that happen? Obviously, you know, a lot of metal fans and metal players are like other music besides metal. But yeah. Yeah. you guys really went in a different direction. Yeah. yeah and it we worked were. so well. And it sounds like you've been doing it your whole life. Like, well, how did it happen? Yeah, it just well, like... just, uh, just to mention a couple of things. Like, mm -hmm. when we used to play uh, in a metal band, 
It was. We were also fans of of, of uh, different guitar players. Right. Like who? Who were some like, of the guitar like players? For example, we loved uh, Paco de Lucia. We loved even like classical Spanish guitar Pedro Romero, Segovia, and all those. And just in case you didn't catch those names, Gabriela just mentioned three very important Spanish guitarists who were big influences. Pepe Romero, Andres Segovia, and Paco de Lucia. We loved guitar. Mm-hmm. And the reason for me I loved metal music is because it's the music that plays the own guitar. Yeah. And that's what hooked me in completely. So... Um, for us, it was very important also to grow uh, musically and from the guitarist, from the guitarist point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, so when the metal is seen in Mexico, we had nothing to do after right. we tried to do many things and we just got overwhelmed and we just wanted to travel and just fuck the bands. And mm-hmm. We won't quit music the other way around. We just don't want to work in anything else but playing guitar. Regardless of the music, I mean, we're going to be metalheads in our hearts. That's a beautiful sentiment she just expressed. Regardless of the music, we're going to be metalheads in our hearts. So the backstory, for those who don't know it, Rodrigo y Gabriela were originally members of a Mexico City-based heavy metal band called Terra Acida, which means Acid Earth. They spun off into their own project, which became Rodrigo y Gabriela. As someone who entered the music world as a metal guitarist, but was a closet all-around guitarist with many diverse musical interests and appreciations, I could relate to this. Now we can play... Whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. That's great. The metal comes out. Exactly. Exactly. It is part of uh, of the music. It was a relief when I I heard about you guys because I I always felt like such a freak because I would listen to people like Strunz and Farrakh. Oh yeah, yeah. John McLaughlin and then, Uh, you know, and then you know here's you guys and you actually you know come from metal, but you also appreciate that music. No, we loved all kinds of music. Yeah, and I felt like not as alone. And there's more people out there, I think, that, yeah, yeah, sure. that, that have, are, have diverse tastes. I think so, part of the problem is you, you get into certain types of music. There's this whole social thing. Like, yeah. You must only listen to that kind of music. Yeah. You must dress a certain way. You must talk yeah, a certain which way. Which I think that's bullshit. It's total bullshit. Definitely. You, you guys help you know, smash that stereotype. Which yeah, is really cool. Uh, well, uh, I think, uh, I don't know where Rodrigo has, we always have different opinions. <laughs> no, I agree. I just think it's good to see um, a lot of metal heads in our shows, you know. But they're mixed now with the, uh-huh. you know, with You the, get some hipsters, more obviously. Kind of hipsters, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, so it's, um, it's good that they don't care that they are sharing this kind of music you know what I'm saying yeah yeah. it's a fucking mix it's clearly a mix of uh, our roots musically speaking because uh, come from the metal scene and uh, our natural Latin blood roots you know because we are well I always heard metal in like you know Spanish Latin guitar yeah and I was I was listening to Strunz and Fra for years Okay, that name has come up a couple times already, so at this point I should mention that Strunz and Farah refers to an incredible guitar duo that was a big influence on Rod and Gab, and a big influence on myself, too.
What you're hearing right now is Strunz and Farah. You may notice a similar flavor between them and Rodrigo and Gabriela. But there are some big differences, which I'll explain in a moment. This is from an album called Primal Magic. I used to learn licks off of this. In 1990, this was the Billboard World Music Album of the Year. It even became a crossover hit. Yet for some reason, Strunz and Farah's audience size, while respectable, never grew past the large jazz clubs, some of the same places I play with my own trio. Places like Yoshi's on the West Coast, the Iridium on the East Coast, which are totally respectable and prestigious. Yet about 10 years later, Rodrigo Gabriela would blow up and exceed all expectations for a flamenco-flavored acoustic guitar duo. Sold-out shows from Red Rocks in Colorado to the Hollywood Bowl, prime festival spots at Glastonbury in the UK and Lollapalooza in the United States, appearances on all the late-night talk shows from Jimmy Kimmel to The Tonight Show to David Letterman when he was still on. Part of it might have been timing. By the mid-2000s, larger audiences, rock fans in particular, might have been more ready for this type of sound. But I think there's something else, too. That's Rod and Gab again, of course. And while Primal Magic may have been the title of Strunz and Farah's signature album, these guys really tapped into something primal. And they really deserve credit for going out of their way to make sure that their audiences were aware of artists that they appreciated. Not only was I honored to be a guest on 1111, but to share that honor with, yes, Strunz and Farah. There is one big difference worth pointing out between these two great duos. Strunz and Farah always play with a full band, including a drummer and a percussionist. With Rod and Gab, it's just the two of them. The drummer and percussionist is Gab on her guitar. The fact that you guys have, you know, are fans of theirs, you're, they're going to be on your record as well. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also another dream come, come true yeah. because with such fans. And, but it's true. Even when I remember, we were talking about that gig, the, uh, the guitar trio did in Mexico City in a 10,000 10, capacity venue, Auditorio Nacional, Mexico City. Oh, the, yeah, and we talked play, about this yeah, last night, right? Yeah. This is Aldemiola, Aldemiola Paco, Paco and John that's probably pretty clear, but just in case, we're talking about one of the most noteworthy acoustic guitar trios of modern times. The great Al Demiola, the now late great Paco de Lucia, and the great John McLaughlin. They played for very large audiences, probably the largest audiences for that type of acoustic guitar sound before Rod and Gab. Their best known recording was a live album called Friday Night in San Francisco. It shattered sales expectations for a highly virtuosic instrumental guitar trio. Friday Night in San Francisco remains an essential recording for guitar fans all over the world to this day. While this is understandable, I have the slightly unpopular opinion that the album is not the best representation of these three greats. Don't get me wrong, these are three giants, and I'm a huge fan of their individual work. And most of the songs on Friday Night in San Francisco can also be heard as duos on various studio recordings in different combinations, which are wonderful. I just feel like the three of them together in front of a live audience creates a competitive atmosphere of one-upsmanship, a little bit like a DC or Marvel comic superhero movie with too much action. 
The Guitar Trio did do a studio recording around the same time called Passion, Grace, and Fire. I feel that has a better sense of collaboration and listening. But Friday Night in San Francisco, to me, sounds like the acoustic guitar version of The Avengers. When we went to the gig, it was it was amazing to see that most of the people were metalheads. Yeah. <laughs> going to see guitar, jazz, guitar, and background. Yeah, yeah. yeah, acoustic fusion or whatever yeah. that yeah. genre was. So, it, it, and that was very impressive. And also, you can, if you hear like flamenco music, like really, really flamenco, it's aggressive and it's dark. Oh, yeah. And it's very, like, not polite. But also when you hear flamenco music, it's usually in a small place, a smaller yeah. crowd. It's not in front of 10,000 no, people. No, not at all. It is, should be in a cave. Somewhere yeah. yeah. In, in, a, in a cave in Granada or something. But we don't, well, we don't play flamenco. We're always careful uh, just for people not to produce because we, we're from Mexico. Right. We, we play acoustic guitar. It's easy for people to confuse that we do play flamenco. Right, authentic flamenco is something completely yeah, different. Different, yeah. exactly. Just a quick clarification on this. Uh, this is a common source of confusion among some listeners and even some members of the music press. Call Rod and Gab's music what you will. Exciting, dynamic, acoustic, but don't call it flamenco. Flamenco is a traditional form of music with its own exclusive structures, guidelines, and qualities. One of those qualities is that the guitar is always played with the fingers, not a pick. The guitarist you're hearing in the background is Carlos Montoya, a flamenco legend who Eddie Van Halen mentioned in interviews as an inspiration for his acoustic piece, Spanish Fly, which we talked about in the Eddie Van Halen tribute episode. You could call that piece flamenco-inspired or flamenco-flavored. The same with Rodrigo's picking or Struns and Farah or even the Gypsy Kings. They all use picks. So all these artists have a flavor that at times could bring to mind flamenco, Yet it's like ACDC having a flavor of the blues at times. Yet you would never categorize ACDC as blues. Well, you, you guys are reaching big audiences. Yeah. And you're not a boy band. You're, no. Boy-girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, and you guys are doing really cool music that's reaching a lot of people. And uh, you have uh, causes that... We have Tom, Tom Akun, the crocodile man yeah. that runs a crocodile sanctuary that I, yeah, I met yeah. the first time yeah, I was down here with uh, you guys. Yeah, yeah, that was that guy over there. You guys have a song named after him. Yeah. 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 What are some of the other causes? Uh, well, there's a, there's a lot of causes. Humane yes. society. Uh, Humane society, which is in here to what the neighborhood is to human society in Siwetanago. We try to do as a, as a citizens. A lot of uh, things and try to help people or try to help animals. It's hard, you know. It's not an easy thing to do. You, if you want to help somebody, it's never, it's never easy. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to be more calm about that because in like certain things drive me crazy, especially here in Mexico. There's a lot of lack of information. I'll just add that Rod and Gab have always been great about using their platform to increase awareness. Their activism has been as much a part of their mission as their music.
You guys live in a beautiful part of Mexico. This is yeah. Like, yeah, it's the most beautiful nice. part I've, I've seen. It, oh, really? I, I Thank it. you yeah. for this. Suatanejo Bay. And, and it's inspiring to do music here. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's like this great experience. Fertile part of the world. It also reflects, I guess, in, in your creativity or, I don't know, it's, it's a rich place. And you were in Ireland before that, which is so different. It's like old and... That's right. I mean, it was beautiful as well, you know. I mean, it's, it's, we learned a lot. In a, a different lot. way. Yeah, in a different way. And we lived there for almost eight years, you know. Oh, wow. So we learned a lot and we, we met a lot of good, great people. And uh, we busked, uh, we planned streets for so many, you know, months. Right. Or even, probably even years, like one or two years around Europe and... Uh, it was a great experience, you know, and uh, now we hopefully we go back to Ireland doing, you know, the tour for this new album. We haven't played in Ireland for over, over yeah, probably almost three years, you know, since the album, came the out. last album came out. Yeah, and, and I think uh, I heard you went to number one in Ireland. Oh, uh, yeah. Came out. I mean, that's yeah. so great. You leave your metal band, you go to Ireland, you start playing on the street, you go to number one. Yeah, that's funny, right? <laughs> yeah, the that was... The album, I think that yeah. was very weird. That was why when I first heard about you guys, yeah. <clears throat> uh, I was told that story from uh, you know Chrissy, who worked at Red. Oh, that's uh, true. Right. Yeah, Chrissy, yeah. We're talking about Chrissy Zagami, a longtime fixture of the New York music industry, record labels, distributors, radio stations. She's also a dear friend. She's a bit Forrest Gump-like. She's smarter and prettier than Forrest Gump, but she's been in so many corners of the business and so many genres. I first met her at Megaforce Records in the early days. I talked about Megaforce in the previous episode. And at one point, I almost had a deal with Warner Brothers Jazz for my trio. Um, Warner Brothers ended up cutting the entire label and laying off everybody, including Chrissy. But Chrissy was there and almost helped me get that deal. And a few years later, she's working for a company that is the distributor for this new act, Rodrigo y Gabriela. And she calls me up and asks if I'm sitting down and explains that... This group is, I hadn't heard of them at this point. They're these two virtuoso guitar players. They're breaking new ground for acoustic instrumental music, and uh, they want to meet me. Yeah. And she, yeah, she told me, you know, sit down. I've got great news for you. I'm going to introduce you to these guitar players. That's and good. They, <laughs> yeah, they want you to sit in with them. That's so good. And they're amazing. <laughs> and it was, it was so cool. So she told you that's the Irish story. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah Ireland was a very good. I think it was a perfect place to to be at that time. And so just so that's clear, I had heard all this from my friend Chrissy that uh, these guys had gone to number one in Ireland on their debut album after years of busking on the streets, having moved to Dublin from Mexico City after leaving their metal band in Mexico. It's really a fairy tale like story. Well, she, she told me that story and she was actually tried for months to connect us. Okay. We actually had a plan to to meet. She was gonna introduce us. And you got detained by uh, 
I think that you couldn't get into the country. Oh, that's right. That's there was right, a, that's a right. terrorist. Yeah, that's a wanted terrorist who happened to be named Rodrigo Sanchez. Right, that's, that's, that's right. I sort of forgot about it. Yeah, lucky you. Gosh, I almost forgot about this. This was in the first 10 years after 9 11. Lest we think that everything was so hunky dory pre 2016. If you were unfortunate enough to be on the radar of the Department of Homeland Security for the United States because you share a name with a known terrorist, it's not good. But, you know, I still deal with that shit, man. Every right, time, so your name is still on this every list. Every time I go to, every six months I have to renew my visa. And it goes through the same process. And, you know, we have a very good friend from, um, you know, some party in the States that I... He already has given the orders, you know, right. to, the, to the embassy, the Mexico City, the American embassy. So they know me already in the, right. in the embassy, you know, but still, I mean, the computer says no. Yeah. <laughs> the computer says no. And, uh, but they know and they just call and fix it and they give me the fucking visa day, a day later, you know, but it's just annoying. They well, are, the systems yeah. are not working properly, right? And, uh, As they usually do. Yeah, I suppose um, we have to deal with the chef for, yeah, yeah. until this guy just, I don't know, changes his fucking <laughs> name or something. <laughs> Obviously, we did meet. They finally were able to play at Webster Hall in New York. And if I remember right, this was after two canceled concerts because of these visa issues, which stopped after that. We don't know if it's because the other Rodrigo Sanchez finally changed his fucking name. <laughs> and please forgive their profanity. Folks, they lived in Dublin, Ireland for eight years. If you're from there or you visited there, you know that the F word and the C word and every other four letter word, they're just everyday words. All right, folks, are you having a good time? Are you enjoying this episode of Moods and Modes? I know I am. This is especially fun for me to just revisit this time period, hanging out with my friends who are just these incredible musicians. Did I mention they won their first Grammy in 2020? Well deserved. Now, there's a lot you can say and not say about the Grammys, but when somebody deserving gets one, it's a very cool thing. And I saw a social media post earlier today, as I taped this, that their Grammy win was exactly a year ago. And I told you earlier in the episode that there are always these interesting, cool coincidences with Rod and Gap. So there isn't much housekeeping to do. I'm going to keep this brief. I do want to announce my upcoming tour dates. I will be appearing nowhere. There are no tours. <laughs> one day, I aspire to make some show announcements during our mid-episode housekeeping. I do want to announce a slight course correction for this episode. The original plan was to feature my conversation with Rod and Gab from way back when in the first half of the episode, then move to our more recent conversation in the back half. So looking at things now, it's clear that our more recent conversation went on for much longer. It's more than twice as much content than you've heard so far, and I want to share as much of it as possible. So I think what will make the most sense is to do this as a two-part episode, but we're going to follow up in a week instead of the usual two. So the reason for that is so much of the material is already self-contained. It's not as much editing and gathering. So I can do it this time. Don't get too used to it. Okay, well, thank you very much, people. Um, 
We have our website and it's worldcup.com and you can visit it there. And we have some links there to different issues like animal rights and climate change, fucking global warming. Loads of things, so if you want to get active there, it's very easy, just in our website is the links. And, um, and now we're going to introduce, well, Rodrigo personally wants to introduce a uh, well, super guest. Um, we have a super guest tonight, and this um, is something really uh, amazing for us, for both of us, because um, this guy is a big part of uh, our career. I mean, if he wasn't, uh, if it wasn't for him, I mean, we probably wouldn't be playing guitar, he was huge, uh, a huge influence uh, when we were kids and um, I mean it's not like he's super old but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah I mean he he was uh, as, as I told you as you know we come from that uh, metal scene that um, unfortunately uh, I mean keeps one of I mean it's one of the scenes that uh, have more amazing musicians, but uh, because it's fucking metal, I mean, some people don't even bother listening to it, you know? But, um, I mean, we can find amazing guitar players, amazing drummers, and um, when we were kids, this um, metal scene in, in, in the 80s in the States was uh, huge, especially for five bands, you know? Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, Slayer, and Testament. So um, tonight is really a pleasure that we, we, we met and it's, it's a pleasure for me to introduce Mr. Alex Kolnick. We just we just met. We we have been emailing, but we just met today. So we we're gonna jam something, but with Alex, everything's gonna sound good. So don't worry. Uh, enjoy. Thank you very much. Thank you. 
This is late 2008. This is a venue in New York called Webster Hall. And we had literally just met. It's amazing that this is recorded. It goes on for about 20 minutes. So I'm not going to play the whole thing. I think I will play more of it in the next episode. It is on YouTube if you want to check it out. Uh, There's two parts, too. And I think uh, the second part is especially good. It doesn't get viewed as much because, you know, people watch the first one, and the first one is long on its own. But um, definitely check out the second part, and I'll, I'll play it in the next episode. But what we played before, we started out with a tune, an early song from my career. I was 19 years old when I recorded that song originally, called Trial by Fire from Testament. And then we went into Dave Brubeck's Take Five, and that's what we're playing now. And it goes so many places. It's just magical. Great way to get to know each other. This really kicked off our musical relationship and friendship, which continues to this day, which you'll hear more of in uh, the second part of this episode. Cool. One last thing I want to talk about. Um, you guys have principles, which is something very rare. We were talking today about... Yeah. But you guys have turned down like lucrative offers yeah. to have your music in oh, yeah. films. Yeah that just don't represent what you want to represent. Exactly. And I think that's really cool. So allow me to explain what I'm referring to. Around this time, Rod and Gab's popularity led to numerous offers from producers of film and television, some of which they accepted, like the chance to work with the great composer Hans Zimmer on one of the Pirates of the Caribbean films. Their music has shown up in acclaimed series on HBO and Showtime, including Breaking Bad. But this was an opportunity to appear as themselves by doing a cameo in one of these big-budget Hollywood comedies. Think of films like Dodgeball, Step Brothers, Superbad, The Hangover, Old School. Now picture any main character from any of those movies getting drunk and waking up in Mexico wearing a sombrero with no idea how he got there. Not too hard to imagine, right? I think the idea was to have Rod and Gab appear in such a scene playing their music. I enjoy these movies as much as anybody, but there can be occasional cringeworthy moments, and it sounds like this was full of Mexican stereotypes, so it would have made them look silly, it would have made their music look silly, it would have made Mexico look silly, and it was a very large offer, but you really have to respect them for standing their ground and saying no. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil Story Made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Without naming the actor, I, the one no, film no. you're talking oh, about, yeah. <laughs> but this one film, I mean, it sounds like, you know, there, there are these popular American comedies Yeah. with, you know, there's a certain group of actors yeah. right now that are very and popular, difficult to guess and you guys got an offer to mm-hmm. have your music in one of these movies, but it was going to be like a, a mariachi Scene. Yeah, yeah. Somebody goes to Tijuana. Yeah, this deals with iguanas. Stereotypical bullshit. Yeah. That's pretty cool that you turn that down because that's like major exposure, yeah, but not, well, not the kind of exposure you want. Not at all. 
Especially because all these stupid stereotypes. We come from broken metal and, and uh, we're very proud to be Mexicans, but the way Hollywood portrayed Mexicans and is this tequila, marijuana, and all that bullshit is just so shallow. And we don't like to be part of that, regardless of the exposure we have, regardless of the albums we are going to sell. So we, we say no. That's so you know, cool. We've been labeled as a very difficult people to deal with in the industry because mm -hmm. we say no to many stupid ideas <laughs> they have. But, uh, but that's why why you're successful. That's, you people see. don't understand that. Here yeah, in Mexico, yeah. for example, the 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 when we signed a deal here with the label, which is a major. Right. It was like the same thing, you know. I mean, we had a meeting with the president of the label in Mexico City. Right. So like, listen, man. I mean, we are not gonna do this and this and this and this because we, we've, we've never done that anywhere else right. and we have no reason to do it in Mexico either and uh, he was like man but I mean this is the only exposure we have in Mexico and as well what about the, the mobile phones you know because they sell in Mexico they sell the, the what? the mobile phones mobile phones yeah, yeah they yeah. sell the albums I mean they sell more mobile phones the record labels here they sell more mobile phones with the artists you know images and the music right. inside than albums. Hmm. You know, I don't know if that happens somewhere else, but in Mexico, an artist that sells 50,000 copies right. CDs, the same artist can sell 300,000 mobile phones. You know? Wow. With so, their image. With their image on it, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And all the shit, so you got to be part of this network, <laughs> uh, uh, artists with a, you know, sign a deal with a, at, at the same time with, not just with the label, but right. with the telephone company, and, and it's like fucking horrible. So he was so disappointed because we didn't. Really you said no. Yeah, yeah. He said we no, said no. It's strictly very honest and with a heart, with a hand on our hearts, and no, we're not going to do that. And that's the way it kind of works here in Mexico or maybe Latin America in general. They go sponsor like Converse or whatever brand. They sponsor the band, so they have to do a certain promo with the clothes and with the, with the and I just we just found that so terrible. Mm -hmm. well, at least for us, at least yeah. for us to do that, it's a, we we keep saying no, no, no. Does it get hard to say no? No, I, I, I love their fucking face. So disappointed. Fuck you. It's easier. You know, at the end of the day, uh, for example, this this new album we have a fucking deal with, mm -hmm. the, with the label, you know, with our manager, which sure. is a pretty cool guy. And so, like, listen, we're going to plan the fucking uh, things that now we know we don't want to do. We, now we know what fucking radio stations we don't want to go. Yep. Now we know what programs we don't want to be and what TV shows we want to do and what TV shows we are not going to do. So that's going to... You know, really, it's a waste. It's been a waste of energy and time doing those shows in the mm -hmm. past. Mm -hmm. TV shows in fucking Australia or whatever you fucking, whatever you are, you know, mm -hmm. Breakfast that are just shows. morning shows, morning shows, things like that. I mean, that's you know, uh, and so it's easier because now they know fucking rules, you know. I mean, yeah, I guess you had to do that to know what you don't want to do. Yeah, exactly. But exactly. Exactly. But you it's gotta, done. Yeah, it's done. It's done. You gotta go 
and uh, understand and learn what you like to do and what what is going to be good for the project and the rest you know mm-hmm. well I think you guys are going to have a much better uh, time this time around because just knowing that exactly yeah, yeah, we knowing what to say no to that's right that's right yeah and uh, we also want to be truthful to our fans because we don't like we don't we don't want them to see us fucking doing this breakfast morning show with I don't know. Right, with your face on mobile phones. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. comedies with iguanas and, and sombreros. Yeah, and I, I think the record's great, what I heard. I mean, it's Thank not you. even mixed. It's not heard. even mixed. But I was, I, I was very drawn into it. Great. The music is is captivating. I think yeah, it's, it's um, a, very from you, It's a good sign. We're very... We're psychopaths. We want yeah. we want to record we record everything like this that's the most. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's <right. laughs> It's just so so absorbed and oh, thank you. You gotta be. You gotta be. Yeah. You gotta be. I'm really glad to be a part of it. Great. You guys more than I think that track is gonna be fucking classic just because of your solo, you know? I think it's uh, there are a lot of leaks that you just came up with this afternoon. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of fucking kids are gonna really wanna play, you know. Uh, you guys got me to like. Well impressed. You guys got me to pull things out that I didn't know I had. Oh <laughs> really? Well, well, yeah, because you you wanted the metal shred thing, but also that your playing is so in the pocket. Yeah. Such a underlying uh, pulse. Yeah. And I didn't want to lose that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I do other music, so I'm, I can listen. No, yeah, and not just, you know, not just shred over it. No, no, great. Hopefully, uh, you know, rhythmically it works. Yeah, I think it it does. So uh, we are happy. Yeah, we can continue. Yeah, well. But for your, you guys are. (laughs) Thank you guys for doing this. Thank Thank you guys for having me out here. Thank you. Oh, isn't that a great conversation? So much cool insight, too. No doubt that's one of the reasons they've been so successful. They stand their ground. They have principles, like I mentioned at the beginning of the segment. So finally, let's take a quick listen to what I was working on down there. By that time, I'd sat in with Rod and Gab a few times, and I'd always played steel string acoustic to balance out the two nylon strings. We were like an acoustic guitar trio, Rodrigo y Gabriela y Alejandro, if you will. But for this recording, they had me play electric guitar, and the results are really interesting and really cool. So I need to mention that the song is dedicated to the memory of the late great guitarist Daryl Abbott, better known as Dimebag Daryl, from the band he started with his brother, Vinnie Abbott, better known as Vinnie Paul. Sadly, both those guys are no longer with us. The band, of course, was Pantera. And I should mention that Rod and Gab had a very clear vision for this solo. They worked with me on the tone and the content and really helped me tap into things I might not have tapped into otherwise. So this is from the album 1111, the solo from a tune called Ottman, dedicated to the late, great Daryl Abbott.
that wraps up episode 11 with a track from 1111, the album by Rodrigo y Gabriela. And what an honor it is to be a part of that. I would like to thank my friends Rod and Gab. You will hear more from them next week in part two of this episode. Moods and Modes is presented by Osiris Media. It's produced by yours truly, Alex Skolnick, with hands-on coordination by Kirsten Cluthy and audio assistance by Brad Stratton. Our intro music is by yours truly. Our outro music is by yours truly, with Matt Zabrowski on the drums and Nathan Peck on the bass. There is a lot of really cool stuff in the works for future episodes. I don't want to give too much away. I also don't want you to miss an episode. So for that reason, it is hoped that you subscribe to Moods and Modes on your favorite podcast app. If you are so inclined, please consider sharing the show on social media to help others discover it. And if you're really inclined, leave us a review. That would be greatly appreciated. Finally, a big thank you to all our listeners. We appreciate you. And last but not least, extra special thanks to our Patreon members for whom we could not do this without. If you'd like to join us, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash Alex The next episode will come very soon. Part two with Rodrigo y Gabriela. Until then, take care, be safe, and thank you for listening. I want to tell you about the April-May 2023 issue of Relics Magazine. Features a Dave Matthews Band cover story with additional articles and interviews with The National, Graham Nash, Wayne Shorter, ALO, Ivan Neville, our friend Eric Krasno and Stanton Moore, Marty Stewart, and much more. Check out the latest version of Relics and subscribe now at relics.com slash DMB. Thanks, Relics. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.